This is the Sermon Podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for worship Sundays at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., or 11.15 a.m. For more information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the 10th chapter. Some Pharisees came, and to test Jesus, they asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? And he answered them, What did Moses command you? They said, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of dismissal and to divorce her. But Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, he wrote this commandment for you. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Then in the house, the disciples asked him again about this matter. He said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. People were bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them. And the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. I'm going to get all crazy on you. I'm going to cross the Lutheran preaching boundaries. I'm going to come up here. I need to be part of you. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh God. Good morning. My name is Suzanne. One of those crazy ones that Pastor Beth talked about last week that kept getting the feeling that I needed to share. So I'm here, and I'm terrified, and I'm excited. So let's talk about God. So here we are, reading heavy stuff about creation and divorce and the place of children in the context of faith. And trust me when I say, my head was spinning when I realized these were the texts that I got to preach on. Our sermon series is called Vitally Connected, and yet I'm reading about divorce and pushing children away, all this while being on a post-gathering high where unity and togetherness were a constant theme. If you have been to any type of Christian gathering, you probably know what I'm talking about here. For days, you're surrounded in this little cocoon of safety. You're with fellow believers, searching, encouraging, and challenging each other. Everyone has the same purpose, trying to grow in our relationships with God and make the world a better place. This particular gathering was different than any gathering I've attended, though. Called Why Christian, this conference in Minneapolis was not so focused 
on our personal relationship with God, but with confronting issues as a people of God. Women from different racial backgrounds, socioeconomic status, gender preference and identities, told their story and answered the question, why Christian? In a world where Christianity is so often associated with violence and war, exclusion, racism, sexism, anti-LGBT, and many other hypocritical judgments in general, why do we claim to be Christian? And in answering these questions, we were challenged to a spirit of defiance, defying the wrongs that have somehow become a norm in our society and working towards a better world. And where does this start? In community with each other. So often today, we hear the phrase, I'm spiritual, I'm just not religious. Nadia Boltz-Weber, a pastor at the House for All Sinners and Saints in Denver, Colorado, and one of the organizers of the Why Christian Conference, challenges us to be more religious than spiritual. Nowadays, when people speak of spirituality, it typically refers to something very individual. My personal relationship with God and Jesus and the steps and things I do in that relationship. But the thing about religion is it's communal. Nadia said it is to be human in the midst of humans. We see in the text today, we were originally created as individual. There was Adam at first, but God knew it was not good for us to be alone. From the very beginning, we were created to be in community. And the relationships in this community were ones built on love and equality. They were made one flesh, so the needs of the one were now the needs of the other. What they did individually was done for the good of the whole. But sadly, because of sin, we cannot experience relationships as the way they were meant to be. Self-righteousness and power are the filter often used within relationships now instead of a filter of love. This is true of relationships between individuals, between communities, between nations, And as Nadia said in a favorite quote from the weekend, self-righteousness feels good for a minute only in the same way that peeing your pants feels warm for a minute. Let's take a look at some of these broken relationships talked about in our gospel today. Our reading is divided into two very different focuses, divorce and children. So divorce... It's an incredibly personal topic for everyone. All of us have been infected some way by divorce. It's sometimes unavoidable. It sometimes is the healthiest thing to do. But it is always painful. By definition, divorce is to separate or disassociate from something. Yuck. The total opposite of what community we were made to be in. Now, in the first verses of this chapter in our gospel that we didn't read, states that Jesus left where he was, and he went into the region of Judea and crossed the Jordan. The scholars write 
when specific geographic directions and locations are mentioned in the Bible, it's usually significant. The region Jesus entered was the very place that Herod Antipas ruled. This was a ruler who divorced his wife to marry his brother's wife. So when the Pharisees asked Jesus, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife, they threw Jesus a political bomb. They're trying to sabotage Jesus politically. And then Jesus comes and turns it into a lesson on humanity and relationship. At that time, women were property. If a, divorce, if a man divorced his wife, her family was shamed, and it was most likely she would end up a beggar or a prostitute on the street. Being property, men could divorce their wives from everything to adultery, not cooking to his standards, not staying pretty enough, or maybe he just got really tired of her. Jesus spoke of this as a hardening of their hearts, pointing back to the creation story where we were first created to be in this community. Then he goes even further. The very fact that he mentions a woman divorcing her husband That was not heard of. It gave women a place of value in society they had never had. Jesus speaks of women in a way that acknowledges they have thoughts and feelings, not as if they are just possessions to be tossed aside. It's one of the subtle ways Jesus, and truthfully in that time it probably was not that subtle, the way he stands up for the oppressed. And then he goes on to speak about children. And while obviously not across the board, children in America are relatively privileged. They have guardians who love them and want what is best for them. But at that time, like women, children were seen and treated as property. They were among the most vulnerable, helpless, and insignificant in society. Hence the disciples rebuking them. Jesus is busy. He does not have time for this pestering. But Jesus, Savior of the outcast, lifts them up with highest esteem. He says the very kingdom of God belongs to them and says that our faith must be as theirs if we are to enter the kingdom of God. Whoa! This is mind-blowing. It was mind-blowing then, and it's equally as mind-blowing now. I mean, we're adults. We've been through all that childhood stuff. And we came out the wiser, right? Hmm. Ironically, or perhaps spirit-driven, there's a video going viral right now that deals with both children and divorce. It's of a six-year-old girl whose parents have gotten divorced. And she's speaking her mind to her mom of the relationship between her mom and her dad. Reminder, this girl is six years old. And yet the video just overflows with wisdom. I really wanted to show it. We just, it's not technologically good here. So I'm going to turn into a six-year-old girl. I'm going to tell you everything this girl says. She's sitting on the steps of her home. And she says to her mother, Mom, are you ready to be his friend? Try not to be that high up to be friends. I just want everything to be low. Just try your best. I don't want you and my dad to be replaced and be mean again. 
I want you and my dad to be placed and settled and be friends. I'm not trying to be mean. I just want everyone to be friends. And if I can be nice, I think all of us can be nice too. I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm trying to do my best in my heart. Nothing else than that. I want you, Mom, and my dad, and everyone to be friends. I want everyone to be smiling, not being mad. I want everything to smile, especially when I see someone, I want them to smile, especially Nana. Everyone. Everyone to smile. And if that is for my dad and you, Mom, I think you can do it. I think you can settle your mean heights down to little short heights. Then it's both okay. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be a bully. I'm trying to be steady on the floor, not way down, on straight, on the middle where my heart is. My heart is something. Everyone else's heart is something too. And if we live in a world where there is being mean, everyone is going to be a monster in the future. What if there's just a little bit of persons and we will eat them and no one will ever be there? Only monsters in their place. We need everyone to be a person. Everyone, including me and my mom and everyone. I just want everyone to be settled down. Nothing else. I want everything to be as good as possible. I probably watched this video ten times. I mean, wow, right? Look it up. I don't do it justice because I'm not six and tiny. Just look it up. This was a precious little human being coaching her parents to be kind. She's coaching the world to be kind to each other, to make each other smile, reminding us that everyone's heart is important, to look out for those in your community. At Why Christian, we heard so many stories of hurt and suffering many at the hands of Christians. People who at one time or another were stripped of their voice, their sense of value, their human dignity. Dr. Nicole de Flores, a theologian and professor of religious studies at the University of Virginia, joked that technically the correct answer to every question in her class is human dignity. Human dignity or the state or quality of being worthy of honor or respect has been abused since the first sin was created. Committed. (laughs) Every day, we hear in the news many of the ways in which people are stripped of their human dignity. Unarmed men are shot. Peaceful protests are met with violence. Peoples flee their homes because of war and find rejection everywhere they turn, resulting in tiny bodies washing up on shores. Ask any person of the LGBT community and you are bound to hear endless stories where they are told they are broken, ill, and not right, and the worst of it comes from the body of Christ. So what does this mean for us? A huge part of any change is awareness. We need to open our eyes. We need to be more aware of injustice around us. And then conversations need to happen and steps need to be taken to right these wrongs. 
Just like we tell our children that watching someone get bullied and doing nothing about it contributes to the problem, choosing to turn a blind eye to the plight of our fellow beings is equally as harmful as the injustice itself. Dr. Nicole went as far as to say, if someone tells you that withstanding from social justice is a virtue, tell them to F off. She said the word. There was lots of colorful language. Due to the amount of press coverage and postings on social media, I'm assuming you are all aware Pope Francis visited America. He said wonderful things about caring for the environment, serving the public, guns and violence and poverty. But one of my favorite quotes was one that he spoke about human dignity. The Pope said, The common home of all men and women must continue to rise on the foundations of a right understanding of universal fraternity and respect for the sacredness of every human life, of every man and every woman, the poor, the elderly, children, the infirm, the unborn, the unemployed, the abandoned, those considered disposable because they are only considered part of a statistic. Really, every other topic can relate back to this one. We need to take care of the environment because we need to honor God's creation, honor him by taking care of it and making sure that it is here for future generations. We need to serve those who are less fortunate than us in our need or in need. Violence isn't the answer. Selfless love is. This seems like a near impossible feat. I mean, we messed up that whole perfect relationship thing back in the garden. But there is good news here. Jesus was sent down to earth. And he put on something as fragile and temporary as human flesh to show us how God reconciles. Jesus came to show us how to be human in relationship. Whether it's relationships with each other, caring for the poor and the sick, dealing with authority or conflict, Jesus showed us at every instance how to view these things through the lens of love and what actions to take. What a blessing. In Proverbs 31, we read, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. For the right of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. So now's the time to open our eyes. We are vitally connected in order to care for each other, encourage each other, and help challenge each other. To remind each other we are children of God, we are a holy family. And not just those of us here in this church. Humanity as a whole. A faith community. We need to remember how we were made to be in community. Our needs are their needs, and their needs are our needs. So the question is, how is God calling you to help take care of our family? Amen.